0: It's now time for Gooch and the Douchebag Radio. And here are your hosts, Gooch and the Douchebag.
1: Hello, everybody. We are back,
0: live, and ready
1: to go for episode 55 of Gooch and the Douchebag Radio. I'm the Douchebag.
0: And I'm the Gooch.
1: Gooch, let me tell you, it feels great to get back in the podcasting game. A couple of months ago, I took 12 credit hours in one month of grad school it just about killed me but it only made me stronger and even more willing to play some awesome games to talk about here on gndb radio
2: yes we have a lot the heck are you guys doing this is episode 62 of classic lead why are you introing it as gooch in the douchebag
0: because
1: it is gooch in the douchebag
2: no it's episode 62 of classic lead and my name is tony and i'm here with my friend scott how you doing scott
3: I'm good, just a little confused right now on uh, what they're doing. Gooch, uh, you've been around for a, a, a while, but uh, DB, why are you joining us as well?
1: I am totally confused right now. I have no idea what's going on.
2: <laughs> well, I can tell you guys what's going on. And for Please all of do. our listeners out there, guess what? G and DB have joined Classic Elite, and from this point on, we will be one entity podcasting together, my friends, bringing you the best of interviews, news. Retro and modern gaming. In other words,
1: we just got bought out, Gooch. cheching cheching back up the gravy
2: train, baby. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it would go that far, my friends. Who's getting paid?
3: Checks in the mail, I guess. <laughs> Jolly Ranchers? Yeah, I'll, I'll send you an NES card to buy you Billy. There you go. Score. (laughs) (laughs) But Welcome, everyone,
2: to episode 62 of Classically, a brand new format, a brand new show. You know why? Because G and DB are with us. We had a great conversation last week, and we decided that it would be awesome if we just became one show from this point forward. So it's going to be all different from here on out, and I hope everyone's ready for the ride. Scott, what are we starting with this week?
3: Well, I'm going to start with some retro news. And the biggest thing right now is that Metroid turned 25. Now, I never played Metroid. Well, I shouldn't say that. I never really liked Metroid when I when I did play it. And uh, DB, you and I were talking before the show, you share the same sentiment, right? That you're not the biggest Metroid fan?
1: No, I enjoyed the soundtrack, like you had said before, and I loved the idea of how Samus is a smoking hot babe as the hero. But other than that, Metroid was never my cup of tea. I never got into the genre like a lot of my other friends did.
3: Yeah, what, what about you, Gooch? Did you ever get into Metroid much? I, I couldn't get into the, the NES versions or the Super
0: Nintendo games, but the uh, Metroid Prime on the GameCube, mm-hmm. I, I love that game. That is hands down my favorite game of that entire generation
3: i think that's but the I'm, one that took jerry terrifying like four years to beat because he would just periodically go back to it
0: <laughs> i can imagine that because every time like you're he's loading up from like a save point point, then he has to look at the map and figure out where he has to go and you know i mean you could spend a year just playing the first section of the game if you do it that way
3: yeah what about you tony did you ever get into metroid much
2: I played the first one on NES, um, and but man, I, I'm really struggling to remember a ton of it. I just remember everyone in school going, Hey, she she turns into a hot eight bit chick with a bikini on at the end. That's <laughs> all. So uh that's pretty much my extent with Metroid. I did play a little bit of the three D one on GameCube. I, was that Prime? Is that what it was called? Yeah. It was uh Well
3: there was Prime M and then Prime Two Echoes, and then there was another one that made it a trilogy, something like that.
2: But yeah, I played uh Played the, that one a little bit, but that's pretty much it. I'm not. I'm definitely not the hardcore Metroid fan. So
3: that's cool. Well, I guess for anyone else out there, uh, I actually did a little bit of research for uh, for Metroid before we did the show. So if you're not familiar with the series, I can give you a little bit of the backstory. Uh, and by research, I mean Wikipedia and watching the GameTrailers.com retrospective. But I just wanted to mention a couple things because Metroid was a very instrumental game. And if you watch the if you watch the retrospective on Game Trailers, you'll see that there's a lot of elements about the game that really were instrumental when it comes to video games as we know it today, as far as uh, being nonlinear and being able to move to the left, which at that time was very uncommon in video games. And one of the coolest facts that, that I saw is that every platform that Nintendo has released has had a version of Metroid, except for the Nintendo 64 and the Virtual Boy. Now, I always remembered there being a lot of hype around Metroid releases because they were so spread out, usually. So, I had no idea that it actually did make uh, make it to each of these systems. So... I guess for me, my memory of Metroid, and probably why I don't like it a whole lot, is it was one of those games that I didn't own. I bet as a kid if I owned it, I would absolutely love this game, but since I didn't, it was a rental, and this is not the kind of game that you want to rent. There's a lot of exploration involved, there's a lot of uneasiness, a lot of uh, uncomfortable uh, gameplay as far as feeling very isolated and feeling very lost, and really having to to pick apart every pixel to figure out what the heck you're supposed to do. And as Tony had mentioned, one of the coolest things about the series was that it had a, a female protagonist who was really, really awesome. And you just hadn't seen that before. And according to the the game trailers uh, retrospective, they mentioned that it really paved the way for uh, heroines like Laura Croft or, or maybe a chun, uh, chun Lee from Street Fighter, uh, showing that that women and video games could still hold their own with men uh, as far as characters go, and I thought that was pretty cool, and a lot of comparisons are drawn to this game uh, just because it really mixed Super Mario Brothers, and then it also mixed the exploration of Legend of Zelda, so it was a pretty giant game for the time, and it was pretty impressive, and I do have a copy of it, and I, I still haven't gotten into it. I ended up I think I've mentioned this before, but I ended up with a copy of it from my old college roommate, and uh, we both brought our NES stuff to uh, college freshman year, and uh, when we were moving out, we we both accidentally uh, took some of each other's games, and I ended up with Metroid as one of them, so it's kind of a cool game to have in my collection, but at this point, uh, that's the extent of, of my Metroid experience. Now, DB, you had mentioned before how incredible the soundtrack is. Uh, is there any particular game uh, like, like the Super Nintendo version or maybe Metroid 1 or uh, definitely not Metroid 2 on the Game Boy, but is, is there one in particular <laughs> that, that stands out to you as far as the soundtrack's concerned?
1: It seems like Super Metroid for the SNES is really just blazing in my head I mean, immediately when you said that. The original one, the NES version, had some catchy tunes also, but it seems like the SNES was the one that took it to that next level, and for me that was the one that had the most memorable
3: tracks. Gotcha. No, I, I'd have to agree, and, and they've just expanded from there. I, I like when people cover Metroid from a, a heavy metal perspective. Uh, I just think it lends itself really well to live instrumentation, which is pretty cool. So, unfortunately, here at Classically, we're probably the only podcast that's not going to be gushing over Metroid, but because it's such a popular series, we definitely had to talk about it. And I think that's gonna wrap up the, the Metroid talk. So before I hand it over to uh to DB, I am going to uh mention something that caught my eye for the eShop channel. And it is the game Twin B, which uh will be available, or maybe it actually is available, uh, for the uh the 3DS eShop channel. It's a top-down shooter, and it was it never came out for the NES, it came out for the Famicom, and it's uh since been released on Looks like 360 and the MSX and Game Boy Advanced and uh, the Konami Classics Collection for Nintendo DS. So it's available in a lot of different versions, but I never experienced it, and I'm assuming that neither or none of you guys actually have either. So this is one that I think will be pretty cool. It's a top down shooter, and it would be in pseudo 3D. So I just wanted to bring that to people's attention. So if you have a 3DS, Check this out and, and let us know what you think about it because this definitely looks like a game that I would love because I love shmups. And I do know that, uh, Gooch is a big fan of shmups as well. Uh, he's, you're, you're the one that, that got me to get shoot one up from, uh, mommy's best games. And, uh, since then I, I really haven't looked back. Gucci, have you ever played Twin B in any of the various forms?
0: uh sadly i can't say i have yeah i'm i played more modern shmups you know uh radiant silver gun uh of course shoot one up like it was for a dollar uh I, I didn't play too many back in the day i didn't appreciate them for what they were
3: uh hardest crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> there they are tony you ever, have you ever played it or run across that game before i haven't no well that's cool so uh Boy, my retro section really was lacking with any experience from, from, from our standpoint. So, so sorry about that, everybody. But, uh, yeah, definitely let us know what you think about Metroid and let us know what you think about Twin B. If you've got a 3DS, please let us know. So that wraps up the, the retro section from, from my standpoint. Uh, DB, what do you have on the plate for your, uh, your first official appearance, uh, as Classic Elite, not just being a guest?
1: Well, I've got two things. Let's start with the first one, and coming over from GNDB Radio it's the question of the day. Now, this may be a question that we have asked on a previous GNDB episode or something very similar to it, but since we're pretty much starting over, it's I think it's all good. So here's our question of the day. If you could recommend only one game to someone that's never played a game in their life, what would it be and why? Gooch, what game would you recommend? Uh,
0: since I hate all humanity, I would recommend E.T. for the Atari 2600. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No,
1: This I, is to put someone on suicide watch, okay? <laughs> okay,
0: uh, my bad. Misunderstood the question. No, I, um, I was just thinking about it, and I think I would probably suggest something like um, Bejewel. I mean, if you've never played a game before, and I imagine, you know, this person is not a gamer, and you want to get him hooked on something, you give them a PopCap game. You give them Bejeweled, and it's a great entry point, and from there you lead into Plants vs. Zombies, because then you get a little more technical, you got some humor, and, re- and then the next game you, you give them is uh, Dragon Age. And then after Dragon Age, they're hooked for life, they play anything and everything. Uh, more detail than what you want, but I'm just letting you know, I have a I have a plan here, and I want to test it out on someone very soon.
1: Kind of like a like a step up program, so to speak. You start off with something basic and kind of build your way up and build your way up and then build your way to like the greatest game that you could possibly play on the whole planet.
0: I wouldn't call it the greatest game, but no, yeah, it's like it's like you give someone um, a bicycle. This is the thing with this analogy, you give them a bicycle if they've never actually had any mode of transportation, then you give them a car, and they're all impressed. And after that, you put them in charge of a of a jet. You know, it's that kind of step up. And once they're in the jet, I mean, they're awesome. They're good. They're set. I mean, I think anyone could drive an automobile for like a week and then jump right into a jet.
1: Very nice.
3: Very if nice. Only, if, only, if only it was that easy. <laughs> yeah, my commute to work would be great.
0: You know, I was hoping someone would jump in and interrupt me and tell me that was ludicrous, but you guys are just kind of like agreeing in silence. And then from idea. there,
1: they <laughs> can go on and develop teleport trans uh, technology from Star Trek, and then they can just teleport themselves to work. Jump in the transporter and... All that.
2: Just for the record, I wasn't agreeing in silence. I was thinking in my mind, what the hell is he saying? <laughs> <laughs> Tony, what game would you recommend? That's easy. Legend of Zelda, A Link Ooh. to the Past.
1: Even better. Even better.
3: One of my favorites. So.
2: How about you, Scott?
3: Man, I don't know. Um, maybe just old school Super Mario Brothers. That's the game that got me hooked. So I'll, I'll go with that.
1: You read my mind on that one. It's a classic. It's easy to play, but in some ways it's difficult to master. But it's a great, great beginning game to get someone interested into the wonderful world of gaming. I couldn't have said it better with Super Mario Brothers. Let's hear from everyone out there that's listening. Uh, What would be a game you would recommend to a first-time gamer, and why would you recommend it to them? Let us know at classicelite at gmail.com. Again, that's classicelite.com at gmail.com, remember being spelled L-337, and with that being said, Gooch, you know what time it is?
0: Actually, no, I don't.
1: (laughs) Did you forget about the contest?
0: No, I didn't forget about the contest, but you got, I mean, the show's a little different now, you know, (laughs) in that it's not the same show it used to be, like, four months ago. (laughs) That's
1: true. It's now time. For the Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter challenge, we have made it all the way to the finals, and this is who is going to be matching off against each other. The underdog, the Southern Dandy, Ken Masters 2010, will be taking on the Immortal God himself—not Raiden, but the Immortal Death God, sort of like that. Scorpion, the man with the skull for the head that throws flames at people and turns them into skeletons. Ken Masters 2010 versus Scorpion. Who do you think is going to win? And why do you think he's going to win? Gooch, who do you think wins?
0: I, I, again, I'm giving my vote to uh, Ken Masters, uh, 2010. He's the underdog in this fight, but, you know, you always got to go for the underdog. I mean, I, I think he's going to win. That's the, He's been the fan favorite all along, and I attribute I all of that to Jerry Terrifying.
1: And Jerry Terrifying's vote already goes for Ken Masters, so it's already two <laughs> to nothing in Ken Masters' favor. Tony, who do you vote for?
2: You know, Ken Masters is really quick. He's got a lot of great moves, but I have to go with Scorpion here, you know? He's going to be like, uh, Ken's going to be jumping all over the place, uh, trying to do all kinds of crazy crap, but Scorpion's going to be like, get over here, or say it in a really sweet, deaf voice, and throw a <laughs> spike into his chest and then burn his ass.
3: <laughs> Boom. I would, have to, I would have to agree, and... uh for any of our listeners that were not regular listeners of Gooch and the Douchebag Radio, what essentially they've done is a like a like a fantasy pick 'em, like in Sports Center when uh, when they vote for like athletes' best hair or something like that. So this has been a Gooch and the Douchebag Radio fan tournament, right? Uh, essentially, and we are at the finals where you had Street Fighter characters taking on Mortal Kombat characters, correct?
1: That's right. This actually started back in March, kind of tying with March Madness. And oh yeah, we're getting away to August to finish it. <laughs> there,
2: there, there was a strike right in the middle of the season, guys. It's starting with March Madness, ending with the World Series. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. So it's awesome. Who do you
1: think will win, Kim Masters 2010 or Scorpion? Let us know at classicelite at gmail dot com. You will have until Tuesday. August 16th, 2011, at around, we'll say, 9 o'clock p.m. to get your vote in in time. Now, for the winning party, say if you vote for Kid Masters 2010, and Kid Masters 2010 pulls up the upset victory, comes out victorious, Gooch, we're going to put their names in the drawing, and what is the lucky contestant going to win?
0: Well, courtesy of GamersGate.com, we're going to be giving away the Majesty Collection. This is a $20 amazing value. Uh of course with GamersGate, it is a PC game, real-time strategy gold with this product. Uh just a phenomenal uh you know prize, and I'm really stoked and gotta again thank Gamersgate for providing the prize for our tournament.
3: GamersGate, Winter. anytime, yeah. anywhere. That's right. So well, we are going to bring a familiar segment back in with uh with Gucci and the douchebag listeners. And I think it's the jukebox break. Is that correct?
1: I believe it is the jukebox break.
3: So how how does this work for any, any of our listeners that aren't familiar with you guys? So how do you guys do the jukebox break?
1: Well, what we'd do is we'd step out for a quick break and we would play a video game song ranging from the NES all the way up to current gaming systems the Wii, the PS3, the 360, and so forth. And we would give the listeners a chance at home to listen to the song, and if they know it. They could send in their response in the email, and we would just announce their name over the air. Occasionally, we'll throw some prizes in whenever we get some prizes for our treasure chest, so to speak. So it's just a little fun way to get more of an interaction from the fans.
3: Excellent, excellent. Well, if anybody has any guesses this week for the Jukebox break, please write in at classicleet at gmail.com. Now, you have to be fairly specific with this one. you got to tell us which uh, platform it is on as well. It's probably going to be a familiar song to you. So you got to be specific to actually win. So, uh, everyone, we will be right back after this.
2: This week's version of the Dukebox break, and we are back with episode 62 of Classic League. And you know what, Scott, we have another great interview this week, and I'm, I'm just excited for all of us here at Classic League that we just keep pulling out these humongous interviews. But before we get to the interview, we want to talk a little bit about the deal of the week. DB already mentioned it a little bit in his portion, but we have to talk about GamersGate. You know why? Because Gamersgate is having their summer sale, and it is week two of their summer sale, and they just have tons and tons of games for sale. Have you guys checked this out yet?
3: Yeah, I have. What's crazy is some of them are 80% off the, the regular price. I know, and this week I'm focusing on older games.
2: I mean, there are so many for sale. You literally have to scroll through four complete pages of games to see all the sales, and it's only week two, so... I'm really excited. We have uh, some of the people behind the brainchild of GamersGate that are going to be on our show here in a couple weeks, and they're going to tell you all about what's happening at GamersGate. But if you haven't checked it out, personally, I think it's the best and downloadable digital content for your PC, GamersGate.com. This week, I'm going to focus on some old school games. We have Alien vs. Predator Classic 2000, one of my favorite PC games. It's $1.99. We have Guilty Gear Asuka, Asuka? Isuki, I-suk- uh, I don't know, Isuk something, I guess. But <laughs> Isucky? No. Yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> no. A, a no. Guilty Gear fighting game for two dollars <laughs> and fifty cents. Let's go there. All right, and then we have Tomb Raider Anniversary, a great Tomb Raider game for three dollars and fifty cents. I mean, it's just crazy. You could go there with ten bucks and come out with four or five games, really good games. So. Uh, if you're like me and your laptops from Walmart, um, you have to buy the older games. So uh it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. But check out gamersgate.com for their great summer sale. It's only week two. There's two more weeks left. Uh please don't miss some of the sales there. Alright and guys, we have another exciting interview this week, as I mentioned. Literally every week since episode fifty, we've been pulling out like the biggest names that we can for interviews. We've had people from EA Sports on. We've had uh, fellow YouTubers who are just doing an amazing job. Um, It's just awesome. And this week, we want to welcome Jay Stuckwish. And Jay Stuckwish is from Twisted Pixel Games. And, Scott, what games did Twisted Pixel develop?
3: Splosion Man and Miss Splosion Man. I am so bummed I I was not available for the interview because I cannot get enough of Miss Splosion Man. It is one of the... The best games I've played in, in quite some time. It is worth, I mean, honestly, it's, it's worth like a $60 retail release, and it's just downloadable on Xbox Live Arcade. It's absolutely fantastic, and, and the interview was really good. I listened to it uh, earlier today at work be, before we started recording, and uh, Jay was just really cool, gracious guy to be on the show, and what an awesome, awesome game. Now I haven't played Splosion Man, but I'm definitely going to buy it just because Miss Splosion Man is that good. So I know that uh uh Gooch a couple episodes ago, you mentioned that you and D B played through Splosion Man to completion, right?
0: No, I, I played through Splosion Man you to did. completion. Yeah, D B is too wussy to play through Splosion Man. We've we've discussed this in the past. Gotcha. I'm kidding. He's coming from the
1: same guy that's ready the fish people in Fallout 3.
0: Okay, hey, th- those guys are freaky. I mean, they've got little teeny eyeballs, and they poop where they swim. That is disgusting. No, no, actually, I played Explosion Man all the way to completion uh, single player. Me and my girlfriend have tried, because this is one of those few games she really digs, to play the multiplayer, and it is challenging, but not in a bad way, in a really awesome, fun, cannot wait to beat it in co-op way.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Miss um, Plosion Man was the same way. So without further ado, let's get to the interview.
2: Welcome back to episode 62 of Classic Lead. And we once again have a very special guest. We want to welcome to the show and, uh, I'm really excited to get this person on. We've been uh, in email communication for a while, and it's just such a privilege to have him on our show. We want to welcome Jay Stuckwish, who is the marketing director and 2D artist at Twisted Pixel Games, the developers of Splosion Man and Miss Splosion Man for Xbox Live Arcade. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, We are doing good tonight, and uh, we're just pumped to have you on the show. So thank you so much for making time for us.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, uh, no problem. And uh, you are welcome anytime on the show. We are actually going to get started and jump right into some questions, if that's all right with you.
4: Sounds great. Awesome.
2: Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your history with gaming, and how you came to work in the industry?
4: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I actually am, a, uh, by trade, am an illustrator and a sculptor. Uh, and I went to school to get my degree in illustration and, uh, was working in the art directing field for a while. I worked on a lot of product, uh, for, uh, just some side companies. And then I wound up getting a job at a collectibles company where I was developing product, uh, for like, um, it was collectible product and it was for like Warner brothers and Disney and, um, a lot of stuff like that. And, uh, few, one of the co-owners of Twisted Pixel is a buddy of mine. We actually went to college together, and when they decided that they were going to start doing their own thing, he had asked if I would help them with some merchandise end of things, and uh, I was all for it. And after a while, I uh, started doing more and more of that for them and actually branched out helping out a couple other companies with some merch. And uh, then Twisted Pixel decided that they wanted to bring me on full-time. As a marketing director and 2D artist, so I jumped at the chance.
2: Oh, that's awesome. And have you always been a fan of gaming? Did you grow up playing a lot of games?
4: Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, it actually at first wasn't uh, one of the careers that I thought I would go into, but um, like I always wanted to be involved in entertainment somehow, uh, like animation or movies and things like that. And uh, I'd always been a gamer when I was younger. I mean, I had all of the consoles growing up. Um, and so when the opportunity was presented to me to kind of go that route, I was like, "Oh yeah, all right, cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Let's do it." <laughs>
2: oh, that's awesome. Did you
4: have a favorite console growing up? Um, I would have to say, um, I'd probably have to go really, really old school. Um, and probably the console that that really kicked it off for me and probably, and holds a dear place in my heart is the ColecoVision. Nice, great yeah. choice. So. <laughs>
2: That was actually one of the first systems we had so that's uh yeah definitely a great choice so I was a real big Commodore 64 guy so um oh,
3: yeah. but uh
2: <laughs> yeah ColecoVision is awesome as well so um now Explosion man let's talk about that a little bit um definitely sure. a huge hit from Twisted Pixel um, what are some of the changes with Miss Explosion Man that just recently came out? What are some of the changes uh, that took place from Explosion Man to Miss Explosion Man for the development team? And which one kind of stands out to you the most?
4: Um, well, the biggest thing, uh, I think, for mainly for the development team uh, was the fact that S- Explosion Man was made in six months. So you oh, can wow. imagine that yeah. a lot of – yeah, there's like – there was a, it was a very, very rushed – uh project uh and there was a lot of stuff that we wanted to put into it that we just didn't get a chance to. Um so uh going back to Miss Splosion Man, we had uh, a year to over a year to work on it. So we were really able to polish up the that whole world and that whole story and put a lot of the things that were left out of Splosion Man into Miz, uh which which was great. And it actually I I think in terms of sequels, you know, it really like upped the game uh, you know, leaps and bounds from what it was originally and, and even what it was originally was great. And now I think we've taken it to a, a totally different level and we actually internally feel it's the best game that we've made so far.
2: Oh yeah. Well, my co-host Scott, who can't be with us tonight was uh, able to review that game for us. And that was just an amazing, uh, he, he was just going like, he's a big retro gamer and just loved all the mm. retro elements that were tied into the game. Um, one of the questions he sent over for me to ask you was a little bit about the characters and uh, he was interested mm-hmm. to know, you know, the Explosion Man and Miss Explosion Man, did the characters kind of exist before the concept of the game or was the idea of the gameplay mechanic there first?
4: Um actually it all kind of it all kind of came about at the same time and um not a lot of people know this, but the actual idea of Explosion Man uh was actually kind of based on a joke, uh like a running gag uh all the guys in the office were sitting in a conference room and they were working on you know what their next gameplay idea could be and somebody threw out there that wouldn't it be funny if you just had a character that all he did was explode and it's just like you know you run through the level and you just explode and then that's it the, everything's destroyed that's the end of the level and like <laughs> uh you know Haha, everybody laughed yeah. And, oh yeah you run through and you blow every you know you blow people up into just big slabs of meat and stuff, and like, ah, oh, you know, everybody's keeps, like, snowballing on this idea, and eventually it got to a point where everybody kind of looked around at each other and was like, I think we have an idea for a game here.
2: That's and, amazing. Uh,
4: so, yeah, so then Splosion Man was born uh, based off of a, a joke. <laughs> wow, that is that is so awesome.
2: I mean, I I think I've heard that before from developers where, you know, like, I think sometimes when we rack like people rack their brains, they can't come up with anything, and then sometimes in the most yeah. free spirited moments, like a brilliant idea is born, so that's really cool um were there any power ups or game mechanics that you had conceptualized that didn't make it up into the final product
4: um, no, not really I mean, we kind of wanted it to be um kind of free of that uh you okay. know the you know the fact that we had like um like level checkpoints and things like that were, were important because, you know, the levels can get a little bit difficult. Um, but as, as far as like power ups no, not really, but, um, the, the, uh, like the game mechanics that we wanted to put in explosion man, we actually wound up putting in Ms. Splosion man. So like the things that you see, um, like the cannons and the zip lines, like we had actually had the idea to do that with, with explosion man, uh, some of that stuff. And, didn't just didn't have the time to get it in there so this time we were actually able to put that stuff and then some in so you'll actually see like a lot of fun um different little puzzle mechanics and like there's certain levels where you have to explode certain barrels and and it throws you back into the background of the level uh-huh. and then you have to hit another barrel that brings you back into the foreground uh you know there's certain uh energy balls that you have to get over to their they're, um, locks so you can open up doors and, uh, passageways throughout the level and things like that. So, um, so really that's where we wanted to put our focus on, uh, for, uh, the, like new things that we wanted to put in the game, like projectiles and things like that.
2: Well, that's cool. And, um, it, it sounds like it was just such a, a, kind of a blessing in disguise that you got to spend so much extra time on Explosion man, and, uh, adding all those things in. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um. Now, my friend Scott talks a lot about the pop culture references and how brilliant they are in the game. So tell us a little bit of the story behind wanting those pop culture references in the game and then how they were chosen.
4: Well, um, a lot of the, uh, it it actually, they show up a lot in our games. Um, A lot of the guys at the office, uh, myself included, are just big fans of, Uh, like older movies and like really cheesy movies and, uh, pop culture references and stuff like that. So, I mean, we're constantly throwing quips around and, um, and stuff like that. So a lot of that is just inspiration from, from the guys that work there. And being that we were going with a female protagonist this time around, you know, we wanted to keep that, that, uh, that ball rolling. So, you know, we looked to like eighties, like female icons like, and uh nineties music icons and things like that. So you'll see like a lot of uh, like early Gwen Stefani in there and uh, um, Beyonce and punky Brewster and uh, just a lot of just weird, like girl centric references that we could find and come up with that. And, you know, a lot of that was left up to Josh and uh chainsaw who is the, our lead audio guy. And, you know, they worked with the actress uh, when recording Miss Explosion Man voice and just told her to kind of like, you know, go nuts with uh, with the pop culture stuff. That's awesome. So you guys need to
2: make a game based completely on Seinfeld sarcasm, you know.
4: <laughs> culture, so. You never know. That might <laughs> be <laughs> something down the line. <laughs> I
2: grew up watching Seinfeld. People wonder why I'm so sarcastic. And, I, you know, I just say I'm a victim of uh, watching Seinfeld my whole life. So, but, uh now, a lot of indie developers, uh, one of the things I noticed kind of that trends is, you know, they'll release this great game for XBLA, and then they'll release a sequel a year and a half later, and it just kind of feels like you're playing the same game. And They have really a, a lot of trouble getting past their original design or coming up with new ideas, but you guys seem to really get past that and, and create really a fresh experience with Miss Man while keeping it in the same, you know... The same kind of the 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 genre and tied into the story, but what what would you say was the most challenging aspect of creating a sequel that you know carried on the story, but at the same time brought fresh elements in?
4: Um, I'd I'd probably say that the most challenging part was to make sure that it wasn't just a, a knockoff sequel. You know, like we we really wanted to make sure that this game looked and felt bigger and better. And so that's why, you know, a lot more, we, you know, we asked for a longer dev cycle on this and we, um you know, added a lot more uh, animation and larger boss battles and things like that. So like we really wanted to like f- focus on that and make sure that people weren't looking at it like, oh, well, okay, this is just a cash in, you know, opportunity for them. And, and that's why they're doing this. It's like that, that wasn't the case at all. It's just we really... We really wanted to make something, you know, bigger and better based on something that we had already made. And, you know, if that ever happens again, you know, we we want to be able to keep pushing that envelope, you know, and and uh, and trying new stuff with our IP.
2: Well, that's that's fantastic, and you guys definitely went uh, out of the ballpark on Misplosion, Man. So well, the way that Scott talks about it is that, you know, I definitely need to purchase it soon. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell me a little bit about uh what's next on the plate for Twisted Pixel. I know you might not be able to say a lot, but what are you guys working on next?
4: Well, um as you know, uh Gunstringer comes out on September 13th, so mm-hmm. we've got that rolling right now. Um and uh that's our first retail title, so that'll be interesting to to kind of see how that plays out. Um yeah. So, yeah, kind of a new arena for us. I mean, not not totally like everybody is in the, you know, in the company that's been in the industry has worked on at other places, uh, you know, that have done retail titles and stuff. But for Twisted Pixel, this is our first, which is really exciting. And, uh, you know, so Miss Explosion Man and Gunstringer this year, uh, working on the two games in one year, we're really trying to to keep that cadence up. So uh, we're going to we're going to uh, push forward on two new games for uh, next year and uh those are actually just in the early development phases right now.
2: Well fantastic and we will look forward to playing and reviewing all those titles and uh wish you guys the best of luck with uh success on those as well.
4: Awesome, thank you.
2: Yeah, and I want to just thank Jay Stuckwish again, uh the marketing director and 2D artist at Twisted Pixel Game for coming on the show. Uh we really appreciate it, Jay.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun and uh you know anytime You know, you want to do something like this again, let me know. I'll I'll be happy to come back.
2: We will definitely be looking you up for that. So thanks again.
4: Thank you.
3: Hey, I'm Kevin. And I'm Rooster. From Paranerds.com. And you're listening to the Classic League Podcast. Podcast, cast, cast, Podcast. cast, cast.
2: All right. Well, welcome back. What a wonderful interview. We want to thank Jay Stuckwish again from Twisted Pixel Games. Uh, Scott, you were the one who reviewed the game. I know you've talked a ton about it already. What was just real quick your your most favorite part of Miss Man?
3: The creativity and the level design. Unbelievable gameplay and it's it's so creative. I you touched on all the key points in the interview with the the pop culture references and and the art design, but Man, I mean, it's just so much fun when it's two-player, and I don't know. I, it's just, it's creative. It's incredibly creative. So if if that's your thing, then you have to check the game out. Well, yeah, thank you so much for
2: your great review. If you haven't watched Scott's review, you need to go over to our youtube.com classically and check it out. It's a, he did a fantastic job with the review. Um, and uh, yeah, if you haven't played one of those games, you definitely, that's a must purchase in, in my book for the Xbox Live Arcade. So thanks again, Jay. And I believe that myself and the Gooch, if I said that correctly, are going to be wrapping up the end of the show, episode <laughs> 62. So I have a little bit of modern news for us this week. Um, first of all, I want to talk about Raymond Cox. Um, that's Cox. He is the world record holder, Guinness Book of World Record holder, for the Xbox Live Gamer Score. And does the Guinness Book of World Records ever freak you guys out? Like, don't they have something for everything? They do. Like, it's it's just insane. But anyways, Raymond Cox has just broke 600,000. 600,000 Gamer Score. Freaking crazy.
3: I'm still like 2,000. And I've played... A lot of Xbox. <laughs> I just am that bad. A buddy, I'm just that bad at it. We've got a buddy
1: that just eclipsed the 100000 mark. That was oh, a I while have... back, too. And I thought that was incredible, but 600000 at your yeah. point? This guy's either he's the greatest gamer ever or he has absolutely no life.
3: It's the most time ever.
0: He's playing a lot of Avatar and uh,
3: uh, at King Madden Kong. six. Yeah, 6. Yeah. <laughs> well, so much for getting them on for an interview. <laughs>
2: I, I remember when the Gamer Score thing caught on, I had all these friends go and like it would be it was like 2008 and like you would go to the video store and NCAA 6 Madden 6 all those games were rented out every time because it was like the easiest 1000 points in the world, you know? Because like that was the, those were some of the first games developed for the 360 and the developers didn't really know what to do with the gamer score at that time, so they put four achievements in the game equaling a thousand points. <laughs> and they were they were like run for a hundred yards in a game. Thousand points.
3: <laughs> you know, like two hundred. Win points. a game. So,
2: yeah, it was crazy. So everyone was always running those games trying to, to pad their gamer score. But six hundred thousand, Raymond, wherever you are, probably playing Xbox three sixty right now. Congratulations. And uh, good luck in the future, my friend. Um, and So that's pretty much it for Raymond. Uh, moving on, um, how many of you guys played the original Deus Ex on PC?
3: I
0: haven't. I played a little bit. I couldn't get into it, but I, I definitely tried it out.
2: Never played it. Yeah, it's definitely an older game. I, I bought it on Gamersgate when it was on sale probably three months ago for $2.50. And I, I'm going to be reviewing the Human Revolution, the new one for... Um, 360 and PS3 that comes out here in a couple weeks and so I wanted to play through the original and I'm probably about halfway through it and it's it's a, definitely a challenging game and it's definitely old school um, but this week there was an exciting announcement um, a guy named Dave W that's what he goes by online created the new Vision mod for Deus Ex and he released it, It's it's been in development for a while and I, I think he realized hey, if someone's ever going to download this I better release it now before the new one comes out but he released it. And it's really, it's a mod that uh, is really easy to install, and basically it increases the graphic level of the game by 75%. So it makes it look like a more modern day game. And I tried it out, and it actually looks really good. So if anyone wants to try out Deus Ex before Human Revolution comes out, this would be a good opportunity. I know Steam and GamersGate all the time have it on sale for two dollars and fifty cents. It's a great, real challenging game to pick up. You can install this mod, and it kind of brings you a little bit more into the modern age, uh, which I don't know about you guys, but for me, graphics is a big thing. And it's, you know, if if a game has a little bit better graphics, I'm probably more apt to play it a little bit longer. Um, So, yeah, if you want to check that out, it's a free mod. You can download it, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. That's all I got. I want to bring uh, Gooch in to close us out this week. Well, I guess we're going to go through the mail portion at the end. But, Gooch, what do you got for us this week, friend?
0: Uh, I just had a couple quick things to talk about. One is there is a new PlayStation 3 firmware update, meaning that you need to spend, what, uh, three days installing it. I curse (laughs) the PlayStation 3 and its update setup. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's a fine system, but, man, is it such a pain in the arse to to update it at all. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, with this newest update, uh, they include a feature here that kind of irritates me. Not just kind of, it really irritates me. Now, for anyone who plays games on their PlayStation 3, they know that trophies are a big thing. People love trophies. The bummer is that anytime you want to look at your trophies or show your trophies to someone else or blah, 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 it has to sync the trophy information up every time. And you're talking like nearly a minute. And if you have a lot of trophies, even longer than that. So it's a real kind of inconvenience, especially when the 360, the achievements are just seamless. You never have to think about it. You don't sync them up. It's always done in real time. There's going to be an auto trophy sync included in this new firmware update, which is awesome. I mean, no more having to wait. No more, you know, just wasting time for for no good reason. The the real thorn in my side with this is that it's only available for PlayStation Plus members. So you have to be a subscriber to the service to get an update that you really should have had initially when the trophy system launched. I mean, that's kind of a, it just seems kind of like a dirty thing. It's just one more thing they can slide into their PlayStation plus exclusives. And, and why, I mean, what is the benefit? What money do they get? They're not going to sell one more subscription from this feature.
2: It is dirty. And I, I, you know what? Like, the PlayStation Plus, they need to either decide to charge for their service or not charge anything. Like, they don't need to have, like, the best of both worlds, you know? And Because, like, at least on 360, when you can have the silver membership, you really can't do anything at all. You know, like, they've made that clear from the very beginning, um, other than basically log on and download demos. But the PlayStation Plus is so confusing with what they, you know, like, the the normal PlayStation Network service and then, you know, they they basically tried to build it around bonus features. They just need to decide one way or the other and stick with it. Because if they're going to start cutting out features like that, it's just stupid. It's ridiculous. Just make everyone pay and move forward, you know?
3: Yeah, it'll just make people know. upset when they feel like they had something and it was taken away. So I, I'd agree. They just need to make up their mind and decide. So I don't know. Uh, I feel bad for the PlayStation uh PlayStation people that have to suffer through that, but it sounds like when it's not updating and it's a killer system, I still want one, but that would that would frustrate me. I'm almost uh, almost scared to buy one just because I feel like it's I'm going to have to plug it in for five days before it's uh, finally <laughs> ready to go.
0: It's not too – it's getting better. I, I kid when I talk about it, but, I mean, oh, man, when the PlayStation – when it went down for, you know, those three months or whatever – That update after that, I mean, it literally took me like half an hour for that one update to, because it doesn't just download. The 360 downloads and installs, it's pretty seamless for the most part, except for big, you know, firmware updates. Yeah. But the PlayStation has to download the entire update, which takes a little while, and then it has to go through the process. It turns off your system, restarts, and installs. It's just a real convoluted way to, to do something that, I mean, you would think with having a hard drive and the internet connection and the way systems are more like PCs now, that it would just be a lot more intuitive. But whatever. I mean, I own one, and as long as Uncharted comes out, I will buy the PlayStation 4, the 5, the 6, the 7, the 8, the 9, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, et cetera, and the Vita, because is, I, I love my Nathan Fillion. This is truth. Heterosexually. <laughs>
3: I just want to play 3 you guys 3D the PlayStation guy Network
1: got hacked a few months ago? <laughs>
4: like, <laughs> This is wait, wait. Are you not? Are you not making
0: a joke? <laughs> yeah.
3: Are making a joke?
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? I'm getting caught up. <laughs> Real. I mean, dead serious. Right now. Did you just realize that? No. no. <laughs> okay. Okay.
3: Hey, did you guys hear they have broadband internet now? <laughs>
0: no wait, Way from
3: dial-up. I'm on my 56k <laughs> blog, man. I just upgraded. <laughs> DB, I love you, man. I mean that. <laughs> <laughs> a
0: blast
2: 14.4 here, boys. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Um, I, I had one more quick little news bite. Not a news bite, but kind of like a mini review here. Uh, talking about Gamersgate again, because I love these guys so much. You know, I'm kind of a, a PC nerd. Uh, Pirates of Black Cove was recently released, a $20 action slash real-time strategy game. Have you guys seen this or heard about it at all?
3: I got an email from GamersGate about it, but that was it, like a press release thing. But that, that's all that I saw about it.
0: Man, I I was I've been kind of stoked about this game for a long time because the art style I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a real exaggerated kind of like Warcraft, but not obnoxious. Just a great art style as far as all the concept art goes. And I installed this game, and it had like four patches. I, I you know I downloaded the game about a week after it came out so i had to download like a gig patch it was crazy and after i get it booted up and everything it's it's not a bad game i'm just i'm kind of let down but i just want to throw it out there because it's twenty dollars and what you get is a a game where you can roam the open seas with your pirate crew that you kind of build up as you go and you have ship combat and you have a land combat you take on quests and missions and it's kind of neat. Your goal is to become king of all pirates. Um, somehow I feel that's some kind of reference to One Piece or they flat out stole it. I don't know. <laughs> as long as there's no rap song in the intro to the game, I am perfectly fine. But it's cool. It's actually not a bad little title, but personally I, I'm probably not going to play much more because, and DB you may like this, it has god-awful voice acting and <laughs> nonstop pirate puns. some of the characters you can pick from this was awesome uh i I only remember the male and one of the female characters one of the male pirates that you can play as his name is walker d plank (laughs) the girl's name is jolie roger (laughs) and it's just non-stop pun after pun after pun but it's kind of neat. It, it's it's a cool little game. It should run on all kinds of systems. And for twenty dollars, especially, I mean, if it goes on sale, then it's a steal for the amount of game you get. Uh, if you can put up with the bad voice acting and everything, it's a great entry for uh, RTS. I mean, it's not overly complicated. Pretty simple. A great game for kids. I'll say that. Is there like any
1: I, reference to the douchebeard?
0: Not yet. But I've only mm. played about three hours of the game, and I have a strong feeling the douchebeard might make an appearance. Strong feeling being lying out my keister.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be stellar.
0: (laughs) stellar. Did you do some side uh, voice work, a little moonlighting during your master's uh, classes?
1: No, but I should have. I did kind of get this hankering of growing my beard and mustache back, though. I probably won't.
0: Guys, this man grows one heller of a beard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, it is straight up Al Borland status. He is, uh, (laughs) I I don't know, it's phenomenal, and I'm not saying that kidding, like, my beard is scraggly, I mean, uh, what's that guy's name that was in the Pirates movies, the guy that played the uh, the effeminate elf in Lord of the Rings? uh... Orlando
3: Bloom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, his beard makes, my beard, it shames me in comparison, that's sad, That is pretty bad. And then when PB rolls in and his beard is just all thick and masculine, and when he walks in the door, women that I didn't even know were in my apartment flock to his side (laughs) and hold him tightly and
2: caress his beard. He is the most interesting man in the world.
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) right.
1: Stay posted, my friends.
2: (laughs) He speaks French and Russian. (laughs)
0: That's all I got. It's a cool game.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, DB, from what I understand, you forgot to talk about something. Is that true?
1: There's one more quick news segment I wanted to throw out here just because I'm so blown away by this. Batman Arkham City. Downloadable content, whether it's debatable if this will be unlockable, uh, maybe throughout the game, I say it will be. It's definitely going to be a pre-order bonus. There are going to be different types of Batman costumes that you'll be able to choose from. You'll have the traditional Batman Arkham Asylum costume, which is Batman is wearing now. You'll have the '80s Batman, where he's wearing more of the blue-gray look, the Batman Beyond look from the uh, from the Batman Beyond series, and my personal favorite, Batman the animated series from the early 90s on Fox. That is definitely the Batman I will be choosing when I get Batman Arkham City.
3: Has there been Perfect. any information like, like which places are going to have uh, like which place you'd have to pre-order to get what costume? Have they released any of those details yet or it's just still out there that these costumes are going to be available? It's
1: still out. I think it's still out there, Scott. I mean, I mean, put money on it. I'm pre-ordering the one that has the Batman from the Fox series. (laughs) That's the one I want.
3: (laughs) I want the big giant. They already got
1: David Conroy doing the
3: voice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Gucci and I talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we didn't really have any details other than just that screenshot. So I wasn't sure if there was an update or not on uh, any of the details on on how they're going to release that stuff. So. Still, very cool. Uh I know, I can't wait to play that game. It's going to be unbelievable. So I'm not actually that jazzed about the uh, the uh costumes from a uh, I-have-to-have-them sort of a perspective. I just really want to play that game, and then I'll just buy the costumes later. I probably will pre-order it, though.
0: Are they doing a collector's edition? I mean, I'm sure they are, but I haven't followed it because I'm trying not to know too much about it. I...
1: If I had to guess, I bet they would be.
2: I have no idea. I'm assuming they will. They did one for the first game.
0: And it came with bad rings.
2: Yes. And you can buy it for $30 bought. at any Walmart now because no one bought it.
0: Yeah, there's tons of them. I was going to mention, i have always thinking about it because, I mean, I own the game twice already. My bad habit, you guys are <laughs> picking up on this, that when I see a sale, I buy it on PC, and then I own it on PlayStation 3, and then I actually bought it on 360 uh, when it first came out.
3: It's your new Fallout.
0: It is. Every game is Fallout now.
3: <laughs> so yeah, well, we have uh, we have a, a pretty big mail uh, mail segment this week. So uh, Tony and I are gonna breeze through uh, the comments that we have from episode 61, and then uh, Gooch and DB are actually gonna answer a little bit of fan mail from what was your last episode? 54 or something like that? Roughly. 55, 54, something. So
1: 54 back
3: in it was like April April or May or something that you guys wow. went MIA. It's been a while. So, uh, Tony, the, uh, the first comment that we have here is from, uh, our, our good buddy, uh, eight bit Eric over at glitched com. He just said, sweet episode. Glad you got the guys on your show. So Eric, we appreciate you listening. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, we we hope that you continue to do so. And if you like eight bit reviews with a lot of good energy and some good information, you have to check out eight bit Eric section at uh, glitchedout.com because he is a a friend of ours over there and uh, one of the one of the newer people that we met. And uh, I was wondering also if Jerry Terrifying still listened to the show. And he wrote in and said derp as the subject just to let me know that I screwed up. And he said. I never miss an episode of Classically. I just haven't written in much. I decided to stop being uh and sending in corrections. So, Jerry, thanks for listening, man. We appreciate it. And everyone should check out MondoCoolCast.com. On Thursday nights, you can hear uh, Jerry broadcast the Mondo Coolcast live. And if you're like me and you wait until Monday so you have something to listen to at work, uh, you can download the MP3, uh, usually by Friday or Saturday of each week, which is pretty awesome. So Jerry's still putting out really good content, uh, really good long podcast, uh, lots of uh, good guests and, and excellent content. So glad you're still listening, man. We, we appreciate the support. And, uh, Tony, do you have your email fired up? Um, uh, I
2: have the website fired up.
3: You do? Well, uh, there was a technical error over at Glitched Out. I'm not sure. Uh, can you see Tecmo Ball's comment?
2: I can. It's also listed on our website.
3: Okay, then uh, go for it. I can read that. Yeah, Tecmo Balls wrote in our uh,
2: fairly new listener who has caught up with all of our episodes, and uh, he said, you mentioned Beavis and Butthead, Scott. Are you aware that the show is making a comeback on October 27th? I used to love the Genesis game back in the day. Side note, I did too. Um, How is this game looked at in the retro community? I think it was kind of unique. You could even couch fish. Uh, speaking of fishing, I went on a three-day charter on Lake Erie for walleye insured. Why, we traveled to Western Ohio as Buffalo is also on Lake Erie. You guys must be hogging all the walleye on your end. Um, can't <laughs> wait until the next episode. And uh, Tecmo Balls,
3: I assure you, Scott and I aren't fishing right now. So, um, we're no, not hogging it... the walleye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Lake Erie is uh, actually some pretty good fishing. Um, I, myself, I'm a big fan of Lake Erie perch. When restaurants have that, I'm pretty pumped about it. So mm-hmm. I did not know that Beavis and Butthead was making a comeback. That's I didn't inc- either. That's really, really cool. I never played any of the video games. All I know about the games are that uh, they've gotten some flack, uh, if I recall correctly. So, uh, no, I, I have not played those, but man, I'm really excited. The fall's gonna be awesome for TV. I hope I can, I hope I can fit in time to play some games. This might turn into, uh, a, a you guys episode. I might be gone for a while because I'm not gonna have any clue what's going on. I'll be like, Dude. uh, I'll be like DB and have no idea that the PlayStation Network was down for months. <laughs> Yes, I,
2: I did play Beavis and Butthead on Genesis, by the way, and I loved it. That was one of my favorite oh, Genesis games. I, so
3: you know what? I might be thinking of Wayne's World uh, as far as a game that caught flack, not Beavis and Butthead. Kneel
1: before <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
0: I was told to do it, guys. I was told to do it. The you Genesis version about. of Beavis
1: and Butthead was the best one out of all of them.
0: Oh
3: no, nice. that one's I'll have to keep well, an eye out for that. Uh, maybe J2Games.com might have it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely check that out. So, all right, you guys have a few pieces of fan mail, and then we will uh, conclude the show. So, uh, DB, what do you got first?
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here. This could be what ends the merger right here with our massive mailbag that we never got to. So
4: <laughs> we'll just have to
1: make a few selections and save them for next week. Our first one comes from a New Time writing-in, New Time person, I believe it is. His name is Joshua S., and he goes on to say, well, on your recommendation, I watched Killing. I watched it with my wife, which was a mistake. I was not abused. I think the last straw for her when the turkey was banging that chick doggy style, or is that turkey style? It was my bad, but it seemed like they knew they were going to make a bad movie, but they were having fun with it. To me, it's funnier when they are trying to make a good movie, but it fails horribly, like in Troll 2 or that awful Dungeon Siege movie. Uh, And yes, I just put Dungeon Siege in the same category as Troll 2. Cheers from Josh. P.S. Do I even have to tell you to finish the worst console list? P.P.S. Did you guys see the GamePro article last month about the 28 best Wii games? They should have called it a few good games and a bunch of reasons why the Wii sucks. (laughs)
4: I've
1: never used that thing. It has crappy games and is inferior in any other way to the other consoles. My cousin just gave his away, not sold it gave it away and mine literally got pushed aside to make room for the connect. PPS, you should really start going over the listeners' emails before you read them so you can weed out the really bad ones. Not this one though. Go ahead and read this, <laughs> but all the other ones you should go over first, starting now.
3: <laughs> well I don't think he listens anymore to you guys, so uh yeah, I hopefully he'll 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 find us over this way. But how heartbreaking would that be? You write in fan mail for the first time, and then the show goes on. I hate it.
0: Well, it's, if he still subscribes on iTunes, he may pick up this show. You know, oh, we're gonna that's put a good it on point. our feed.
3: That's a good point. So yeah. he watched Thanks with his wife. <laughs> that's awesome. I hope they I haven't been had very long. I forgot you guys even talked about that. <laughs> Have you guys you watched it? Stuffed edition. Yeah. I watched uh, some YouTube things on it after after uh, you guys had talked about it, but no, I didn't. Didn't didn't you guys get it on Netflix or something like that? Oh yeah, it's amazing.
1: If you've got Netflix, you've got to watch it. The
0: the it's opening so- scene is just a woman's nipple. That is that is the <laughs> opening scene of the movie.
3: Uh-huh. that? Thanks, killing. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh if I ever want my uh. My girlfriend to leave the room. I'll just pick. Oh no, Gucci and DB. They told me this this movie's great.
2: She'll probably walk out of the room when you say that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there with
2: with,
0: with uh, um, uh, you know Gone with the Wind. I mean the the novel of Thanks Killing is a lot better, but <laughs> the actual movie is where 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 most people know the the uh, the you know the story from.
2: How would you remotely compare
1: Gone with the Wind with Thanks Killing? I mean, I'm seriously.
0: Where they both talking? have killer turkeys, right? <laughs> I mean, did you guys read the same book?
2: <laughs> oh, that's oh, funny. Gosh. And we're off the deep end, folks. Uh. All right. <laughs> quite
0: often here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm trying to inject some 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 goochness to you guys. Touch everyone a little bit, you know, appropriately. Oh,
3: man. That, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Uh, what else you guys got? Gooch, you got one for us?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, um, I think one of our favorite people, whoever writes in the show is C-Bomb.
3: Yes. It's C-Bomb. And
0: I, I pulled it out, See uh, DB stole the first email, I was going to read Josh's email because I, I wanted to make sure that our first time listener, maybe last time listener, got his, uh, email read, but C-Bomb is right there, he's, he's number two on the list, but number one in my heart, so C-Bomb writes in, he says, hello, G and DB, and then of course, I mean, I'm sure he means hello to uh, Scott and Tony as well. Sure. Yeah. And he says, uh, um, on the showdown thing, my votes are for Ken Masters because JT is the all-knowing god of everything and Scorpion, well, because he's badass. Uh, Now to the question of the day, which I forgot what our question was, but the main reason I would be inspired to play a game is because I played another game made by that developer. For instance... Playing KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic, about a year ago inspired me to pick up Mass Effect. I recently just found my old PS2 that I swore I sold, and I've decided to start rebuilding my PS2 collection. I've recently been playing Metal Gear Solid 2 and the Sly games, which are both among my top ten favorite games of all time. Since I'm rebuilding my collection, what are some good games you can recommend to me? Well, thanks. Sorry for the long email. C-Bomb. So uh me personally, just to to mention something real quick, uh games that I would recommend would be Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. I know they're coming out on PS3, but there's nothing like playing the original and just seeing you know the best of the best as far as what the PS two had to offer. Uh what do you guys think? Any anyone have recommendations for C Bomb?
1: Rebuilding the PS2 collection, Kingdom Hearts one and two.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Any Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Two and three.
3: Mhm. I got really into a uh, one of those racing games, like Midnight something two, Midnight Club two, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, that's it. That yeah, that was a that was a really fun game, and I also and I've mentioned this before, I really like the EA uh, Lord of the Rings two Towers, and I heard that the Hack and Slash uh, Return of the King was also really good, so I'd recommend those. I I didn't have a PS two so. That's really the extent of uh, playing it. And then Tiger Woods 05. That's my favorite Tiger Woods. So.
1: Oh, my gosh. Ti- Tiger 05 with Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer, Seve Ballesteros, and Ben Hogan. Yep. Hands down. That's one of the best golf games ever.
3: Yep, absolutely. And the it was one of the first that did a really good job with allowing uh, customization of characters. So, yeah, I loved uh, loved those games. That's what I'd recommend. So, yeah, what else you guys got? Is that going to be it for this week, or do you have a few more you want to read?
1: How many more do you want us to go with? 10, 20, 6,000?
3: <laughs> Let's go with one more, and then we'll uh, we'll touch on a few more next week as well.
1: Okay. Our next message comes from one of our all-time listeners, Sindhu. Sindhu goes on to say, Question of the day from episode 53. A movie I like that was so bad would be... Rocky 5. I don't really think it's bad as everyone else says it does, including DB and some other episodes, which I cannot stand Rocky 5. was terrible.
3: It. I'm with you, Sindu.
1: <laughs> in fact, I think it's better than Rocky 2. That's blasphemy, in my
3: opinion. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you didn't Any say best? better than 4, I'm okay with it.
1: I love Rocky 4. It has the best soundtrack out of all of them.
3: I absolutely, it did.
1: But <laughs> God, Rocky Five! In fact, in my whole Rocky collection, I took out Rocky Five and just <laughs> threw it to the side. And it goes three, four, and Rocky Balboa.
3: Okay, I swear,
1: yeah. Rocky Five is just ball.
3: <laughs> Time <Tommy> gun. <laughs> yeah. You know
1: originally, Stallone was going to kill off Rocky and Rocky Five. He was going to have him die in that street fight.
3: Oh, I'm glad that didn't happen.
1: I'm I'm not joking. At the last second, he decided to let the character live. You talk about killing a franchise, just literally.
0: Wow. He'd come back. He'd fight death and
3: win. You know that.
0: There'd, there'd be <laughs> two, two movies. Yeah. He fell. He yeah. fell
3: in love with the Sumi line at the very end of it. So. <laughs> Sumi for what? So yeah. <laughs> he, he couldn't let that go, so he had to keep him alive. <laughs> That would be funny if he fought death. <laughs>
0: it would be a tie the first, you know, the, the first time he fought death, and they would fight again, and he would win, and then him and death would become friends. Yes, I I seen the script. It was it was on the internet. <laughs>
1: then death comes back to train him, and then somehow death dies by going up in the match because Ivan Drago decides to have a rematch in Russia. So then Rocky has to go back and retrain again from uh, Apollo Creed's original trainer, and goes back and then beats up death like a third time.
2: And then yes. he's... In- then he's in Final Destination 16. <laughs> 3D. The ultimate
1: crossover, Rocky yeah. 26. <laughs> That's right.
0: So, like, yeah, he has the vision of everyone dying. He just stops and stops it all together and just punches death in the face. <laughs>
3: it's over. Yeah. So uh, we we got off track there. Was that – did you finish his email? <laughs> <laughs>
1: His last sentence was "Go for it." That just <laughs> <happens>. <laughs> and that was from Sindu.
3: Well, cool. Well, that's gonna wrap up the uh, the first episode with Classic Elite as four of us, which is pretty exciting stuff. And ho- hope you guys enjoyed it. I promise it'll it'll get smoother, but it's been a lot of fun to record. So, uh, Tony, where can people check out all four of us uh, when it comes to Classic Elite?
2: Well, they can go to classicleet.com. They can go to youtube.com backslash They can see our reviews on j2games.com. Also on uh, glitched, glitched-out.com. Uh, they can like us on Facebook. It really, you know, we just have too many sites to go. <laughs> just Google <laughs> us. Like, yes, just Google. Google Classic L337 and you will see us there and we will be there fully present. Somewhere in the top 1,000 results. I can <laughs> so, also, uh, for
1: people out there that wants to submit audio comments, Classic Lead is going to be kind enough to take those as well from the old GNDB format.
3: Yes. So send us an
1: audio comment. Keep it about a minute in length, a minute to a minute and a half. Email it to ClassicLead at com and make sure it's in the proper file, whether it's a WAV file or an MP3. All is good as long as it plays.
3: That's right. And, uh, just want to say, uh, hello to the, the paranerds. Um, they, they give us a shout out at the end of every, uh, one of their episodes. So, just wanted to say hello to them. Thank you to Scenic7PR. Thank you very much to Hapog and Aver Media for providing us with unbelievable equipment for 720p HD reviews. It's just taken the YouTube page to a whole nother level. And then, uh, gamersgate.com and j2games.com, of course. Uh, you guys uh, support the show, and, and we absolutely love it. So I think that is going to to wrap up episode 62. One more thing. Oh, One yeah, yeah, thing. yeah.
1: The Gooch and the Douchebag website is still up at www.goochandthedouchebag.com.
3: Yes, that's right. And Just making sure that's out <laughs> there. So, yes, everyone go to goochandthedouchebag.com as well because uh, we're going to be supporting both sides for a while just because it's way easier to do that. So... <laughs> Uh, Everybody, we'll see you next week for episode 63.